When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. My name is Dan Lobby, and I'm joined today by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm great. Just ready to get this draft underway. It is draft week. And Scott, how are you? Scott Pasco. We're doing good. Doing good. <laughs> All right. And of course, it is Texter Tuesday, uh, our draft week Texter Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. The draft is Thursday through uh, Saturday, and we got to hear from Andrew Barry today. So uh, we'll, we'll mix a little bit of that in. Uh, pretty much what we expected from Andrew Barry. Didn't give up a whole lot, but uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that as we go along. So I'm pulling up our questions now from our football insiders. And let's start with this one from the 216 area code. Is there a chance the Browns trade back into the first round or the Browns trade down more than one? So we've talked a lot uh, about trading down, trading out of the number 10 pick. So there, there's two parts to this. There's the part the texter asked, you know, could they end up maybe trading back into the first round like they did back in 2017 when Andrew Barry was part of this front office. But also I'm curious if either of you, and Mary Kay, we'll start with you, if either of you have a different sense about whether the Browns will trade down on Thursday night. Because, I don't know, my, my gut instinct kind of keeps telling me it, it feels like maybe they will. Well, you know, I think there are, are plenty of teams now that are interested in trading up. This is a very, very deep and rich draft class. And it goes well beyond number 10 in terms of players that can come in and really change the game for you. So I do think that the phone is going to ring uh, – at number 10 when they're on the clock, or, you know, obviously even before that. But uh, I do think that they will have opportunities to trade down. And I think there's a decent chance it could happen if they could still end up with the left tackle that they really want. And that's the key. It doesn't matter if you trade up, trade down, or whatever. The key is to get the player that you want to accomplish what you need him to accomplish in any way that you can. And, you know, if you can do that and still pick up some extra draft picks, then so be it. Scott, do you feel any differently about whether they will or won't trade down uh, on the Monday of the draft here? Uh, you know, I, I kind of I wrote about this, something similar in, uh, in the newsletter <clears throat> recently, um, actually today, uh, about some of the ways that we've been surprised. You know, since the Haslams became owners, there's maybe maybe two times when things kind of went the way you thought it would or it was just kind of ho-hum. But every other year, it's, you know, the player we didn't think they were going to draft. 
or they traded down and traded down again, or they traded back into the first round. You know, when they got back in and got Nujoku, um, something's going to happen that we weren't expecting. Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen at 10, but I wouldn't be surprised if they come back into the bottom of the first round because let's say they want to get their starting safety or, you know, they have somebody targeted that they really want and they don't think he's going to be there at 41. Um, but, but I think, you know, history tells us we're going to be surprised in some way on Thursday. And, and to the other part of that question too, you know, aggressive has been one of the key words of this offseason. Andrew Barry lived up to that in free agency. And you, you got to think that aggression is going to play into them moving around a little bit in the draft. So maybe even if they do move down from 10, let's say to, you know, I don't know, whatever number, if there's a guy they do like at the back end of that first round that they can get, and throw that fifth-year option on, which, which is really valuable for these first-round picks, they, they might decide to do that. I, I just – I honestly wouldn't rule anything out with this front office because I, I think even though Andrew Barry has been around and has been a part of, of front offices here before, this is the first time he's run a draft. So I think, you know, things could get a little unexpected. We don't really know what to expect out of Andrew Barry this weekend. Yeah, I mean, think about this. If you were able to trade back a little bit, still get the left tackle that you wanted, and then trade back up into the first round. And as you mentioned, uh, Dan, uh, get that fifth round option that, that teams love to get and get a player that you really liked at the end of the first round. I mean, who could argue with that? So, I mean, I think they'll be very, very smart about it. And I think they will be very aggressive about it. I think they will end up with a left tackle somehow. And I think there will be at least one trade on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, probably more. Okay, let's get to the, uh, the next question. This one comes from the 937 area code. Uh, the new regime has talked about getting to the quarterback and covering in the secondary. Do you think it could be likely in the second round that an edge rusher or quarterback is drafted? And, and I think this is an interesting question. It's something we talked a little bit about when we did our draft show on Thursday night. Uh, safety has been sort of the chic pick there at number 41, but – uh, you know, I know Mary Kay, you feel this way. You know, I, I certainly feel this way. Scott, would, would you rule out the potential of an edge rusher there at 41? Or, or maybe that's the type of player they would trade up for? That would be a surprise. I, I think we talked about this uh, during our, our draft preview show about how, you know, everybody's kind of resigned to the fact that Olivia Vernon, or a lot of people think Olivia Vernon is out the door because of his contract, because of injury issue. And, and not being the player they hoped they were going to get last year. But at this point, maybe they pay him, and maybe edge rusher isn't at the top of their list, or at least not so far up that you're looking at the second round to address that. Um, but clearly they do need help behind him and behind Miles Garrett. Uh, but still, I think second round, that seems a little high. As far as cornerback goes, I would be surprised. They brought in two in free agency. Um, Brown seems to draft cornerback every year, but I don't know if it's going to be as high as the second round. You know, I think the, the thing to remember with, with Andrew Barry, he has stated this a couple of times, is that they're really not going to draft for need all that much. They're going to try to stay pretty true to their board. And if they get to number 41 overall, and the best player there just so happens to be a cornerback or a pass rusher or, or whatever, the way that they have it ranked on their board, I don't think they're going to go away from that too much. I've been saying that I do think an, a, a pass rusher would be a good thing uh, with that second round pick because, you know, you st depending on the way that first round goes, there still might be a couple of good pass rushers left at 41, and that's a premium spot. Uh, that That's a really, really 
uh, you know, great spot to be able to, uh, to draft an impact player at number 41. So uh, there's a couple. There's uh, the Iowa pass rush, rusher. A.J. Epineza could still be there. You've got Alabama's Terrell Lewis could still be there. Uh, I think if you can get somebody that can, uh, that can get to the quarterback there, that would be great. Yeah, I, I don't think I would rule out an edge rusher at any point. Corner, I, I'm certainly with you on that, Scott. I don't know that this team would take a corner at number 41. They have Denzel Ward, uh, Greedy Williams. They signed Kevin Johnson. I think a corner would maybe be something they could address later in the draft if they even go that route uh, at all, if they're looking for somebody to maybe play on the inside. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'd be a little bit surprised by that one. Um, let's get to uh, this. I'm a Kai Becton question uh, from the 516 area code. Uh, he's he's nervous about Mackay Becton. Uh, he he wonders if uh, this could be a situation where you know maybe he's a, a Greg Robinson type who you draft really high at left tackle and then just he never pans out. That's the risk with any draft prospect. We don't know how these guys are going to respond when you throw them out there at, at left tackle. When you pay these kids a bunch of money, you just never know how somebody's going to respond until they're in that situation. But uh, with with Mackay Becton, I guess. The way to frame this, is, is he the highest risk in, in your mind of, of the top four? Because I kind of feel like maybe if you're assessing boom or bust potential, he might, he might have the highest ceiling, but he might also have the lowest floor. You know what? I think this flag drug test does put him into the highest risk category of these four tackles that you're talking about, because most of them are pretty clean, like almost green sticker guys. You're talking about, I mean, Andrew Thomas, you know, I, I, I wrote, you know, some things about him. I wrote about Tristan Wirfs, where you just, uh, you know, just great guy, great background, all that kind of stuff. And I've heard the same things about Mackay Becton, uh, but this obviously is a red flag for some teams. Now, I've been told that uh, teams don't really think it's going to knock him down too much and hurt him too much, but it is something that you have to factor in. You have to look into it a little bit more. I'm sure the Browns are other, and other teams will try to do a call with him still if they can uh, and try to kind of dig into this a little bit. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not something, it's not ideal uh, for, for a player of that caliber to have this happen at this point. Having said that, once again, there is time uh, to figure it out. If it's marijuana, Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares if somebody's smoking weed. That's just like, that's very yesterday. And if that's what it, it turned out to be, then it's not going to hurt them at all. I mean, like you said, Dan, I think you can make the, you know, I'm worried about this guy case for anybody. I, yeah. I think the fact that nobody really, there's no consensus uh, order on these guys tells you something that, that they are all pretty even, or at least they all seem to have the same potential for success. Um, and again, I go back to what Joe Thomas told me. He raved about Mackay Becton. He loved the fact that a guy that big can move so well. Um, he talked about him more than anybody. And he also was able to point out flaws in other people. You know, he talked about uh, issue with uh, stiffness for, for Tristan Wirfs. Um, but again, he thought all four were fantastic. And I'm going to believe the 10-time pro bowler who's going to be in the Hall of Fame here in a few years. Uh, I think he knows a thing or two about left tackles. So I'm, I'm going to, you know, anybody, anybody, any of that group is good. And I don't think that looking at somebody like Mackay Becton and, and worrying about him being the next Greg Robinson is, is worth your time. Yeah, it, it, like the draft in general is 
is always a little bit of boomer bust, right? Like you just never know until you get your hands on these guys. And, and a lot of it is about player development. It seems like they have a, a system in place to really develop whoever they pick. Uh, from the 440 area code, they threw three questions at us. Um, I'll address this first one because I actually wrote a little bit about this a few weeks ago. As a season ticket holder, is the team making plans on how the COVID-19 situation will affect our ticket pa packages? And the answer there is, they're still planning on having a season. They're not making any big adjustments right now. Uh, I talked to Dave Jenkins a few weeks ago and, and wrote a story about it for Cleveland.com that, um, you know, they're, they're willing to work with season ticket holders if, if you get a hold of uh, whoever your sales rep is. That uh, They've been willing to work with season ticket holders. But right now, you know, just like the rest of the NFL, they're, they're kind of following the NFL's lead on this. And the NFL so far hasn't made any adjustments to when games are going to be played and, and who's going to be in the stands for those games. So uh, they're, they're just kind of following that lead. As for the other parts of this, uh, there's one football part. It's, uh, this person says, I agree that the Browns need to address O-line issues with their first-round pick, but when do you see them addressing wide receiver, and who would you like to see them target? And there's also a non-Browns question that we'll get to here, but first let's do the wide receiver part. Uh, do you think it's going to be – a priority for this football team to to land a receiver at some point. When do you think that could happen, Mary Kay? You know, it could happen as late as the fourth or fifth round, uh, maybe even beyond it. It's a very, very deep wide receiver class. I've had people telling me uh, that you can find a starter even in the fifth round. So there's no no pressure to take one early. It just depends on how they have them ranked. Uh, in terms of names, I, you know, I don't go back that far in terms of maybe one you could find, maybe one of you guys could throw out a name that you could find in the fourth or fifth round. But I do think they'll draft one, and I don't think it will necessarily be high. It could be, though. I mean, if again, if, if the best player that they have on the board at 41 is a receiver, they will do that. But I think it could go all the way back to five or six. Uh, our, our guy Ellis Williams loves Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. That's a name, and, and I ended up putting him in my perfect draft that went up today uh, as well. He's a guy that, that grades very highly on pro football focus. But, uh, you know, I think wide receiver is a position we're going to hear called at some point this weekend. Probably not on, on uh, you know, early Friday, but maybe, maybe later on Friday, maybe early Saturday. I think, I think that's maybe when we could hear a wide receiver's name called. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird year for the Browns and wide receivers because they clearly have their starters. Kevin Stefanski used three wide receivers on the field less than anybody in the NFL last year with the Vikings. It was like 20, 28% of the time, 30% of the time. And it was by far the, the fewest amount of, uh, of schemes with, with, two, with three receivers. So you're going to see a lot of Landry and Beckham. But like you said, Mary Kay, this is a very like historically deep wide receiver class. And you don't want to, you don't want to not dip your hand in there and, and see what you can get. So I think mid-round is probably a good, a good way to go. Um, and again, you know, these guys, uh, Landry and Beckham, you got the contract issue uh, to think about uh, going into next year. Do you want to pay both of them? Are they both going to be here? And you don't have much behind them. So you take one at some point, probably later in the draft. All right. So now for the last part of this question, let's get some non-sponsored shout outs here. This person wants to know what's the first restaurant we're going to when we're allowed to go to restaurants again. <sighs> Do you guys have one? Ooh, that's a good one. I can, I can go first. I have one in mind. I just thought of one because I, I was thinking about making a trip there before we all kind of got locked down and then it, it didn't happen. But there's this burger place. It's in Akron. I think they have a place up, up near Cleveland now too. It's called The Rail. Really great burgers, a good beer selection, great fries. 
uh, hadn't been there in a while, was, was maybe planning a trip there. So I think that's, that's going to be on my short list when we're finally allowed to go to restaurants again. Scott? Uh, I, uh, this isn't really a restaurant, but it's a place where I, I went to a lot. Uh, I, I lived on Pulp, the smoothie place. Okay. <laughs> like I, they're probably wondering where I've been. I know it's still open. I know I can go in there, but I'm like, I don't want to go out just to make one trip to go get my smoothie and, you know, trying to be, uh, be responsible and, and uh, only go out when I really need to. So that, that's one place that I'm really looking forward to at some point going back to regularly. <laughs> Unless I was financially supporting them myself and they're no longer there. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Some of my favorites are uh, Barrio Tacos in, uh, in Lakewood. Love Barrio. Uh, Rocky River Brewing Company. It's amazing, obviously, in Rocky River. And Town Hall. I'm a big Town Hall fan. Okay, so there you go. Those are the places we're going to try and get to when, whenever we're finally allowed uh, allowed to go to those restaurants again. Uh, those those are our lists. So th there's a lot more that we haven't uh, that, that we we can't mention. There's a lot of great places to eat in the Cleveland and uh, and Akron area. Uh, Scott, you mentioned um, you mentioned Kevin Stefanski's offense and how he uses people. So I'm going to throw this question out there uh, because obviously the Browns made a trade for a fullback. But uh, from Loveland, Colorado, uh, this person wants to know, is Kareem Hunt a viable option at fullback this year, maybe in spots here and there, or even Nick Chubb, for that matter? What does Andy Janovich offer that Hunt doesn't? And uh, look, we saw Kareem Hunt block a little bit last year when he first came back. Uh, but to do full-time fullback duty, that's kind of a different animal. Yeah, you, I think we're going to see Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb on the field a lot this year. Um, I don't know if you're going to add a fullback to that. That's going to be the interesting part, how they work in someone like Janovich with two other guys already back there. Um, but I, what, what, what does Andy Janovich bring that Kareem Hunt doesn't? Probably nothing. But <laughs> uh, we saw Kareem Hunt block, and he did a pretty good job. And Nick Chubb had success when they were both out there. Uh, but I think you're probably going to see Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt lined up in that backfield more than you're going to see any other combination. Um, so I, I wouldn't worry uh, about, about Janovich taking away snaps from anybody else. Um, but this is one of the interesting things about his offense. We know he likes fullbacks, but he, he didn't have this dual threat, uh, this duo of running backs like he has here in Minnesota. So that's, that's one of the things I'm intrigued to see uh, come training camp. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, when, when you get those two guys on the field together, there are so many things that you can do with them. I mean, you can fool so many people with how you line those guys up. And obviously, you can use Kareem Hunt in the passing game out of different formations and, you know, do so many different things with him, so versatile. Uh, so having those two guys on the field uh, is a great way to create mismatches, to confuse the defense, and to give a, a defensive coordinator nightmares to try to figure out how to defend that. I, I want to see some Maryland eye this year. I want to see those, those three backs lined up behind Baker Mayfield. I'll say this. I, I heard an interview. I want to say it was maybe with Dan Vitale. He, he went on a podcast and was talking about playing fullback, and he told a story, um, and if it wasn't him, it was some other fullback, told a story about how he went through the hole and collided with a linebacker from Jacksonville, and his face mask was dented. So – Playing fullback is a little bit of a every single down when you're that guy who's basically your job is to not just block, but your job is to actually go and, and clear space and, and make holes for people. And that, that is your lone function. 
Um, it, it's, it's sort of a different, a different animal than just what we saw from Kareem Hunt. So I think that's really kind of the key difference. Let's go back to wide receivers. Uh, we get a lot of texts about this guy. Um, it seems like every time I, I put a call out for questions, we get a text about him. Uh, Rashard Higgins. This texter wants to know what exactly is happening with Rashard Higgins right now because he's still out there and the Browns have not brought him back. Uh, Mary Kay, is this a situation where maybe, you know, look, if the Browns draft somebody, there's just not going to be a spot for Higgins. And if they don't, maybe they revisit this. Do, do we know what's happening right now? You know, I don't think you can rule him out completely, uh, but because it's gone on so long, you know, I just, it doesn't seem like he's coming back. But again, you know, the price comes down, things change. And if he's still floating around out there after the draft and they need another receiver, you know, I, I suppose anything can happen. But the longer it goes, it just doesn't feel like he's coming back. That's my vibe. You know, I've been watching the Browns uh, player Twitter list. <laughs> and uh, he's still on it. So I thought, hmm, well, that's interesting. You know, Demarius Randall was on it for a while. He's, he, he doesn't seem to be on it anymore. But Higgins is still there. His, you know, his tweets are still popping up with all the, uh, the current Browns players. And then I realized, well, Justin McCray is still on there too. And I believe he's with the Falcons now. So maybe they're just not paying close attention. But I thought maybe that was a sign that, you know, he's, he's not here, but maybe he kind of is. But, yeah, I think uh, you're right. The longer it goes on, I don't know. Yeah, this is, it, it, he's a guy that I think fans really love because they saw what he did in 2018. But, um, you know, I also think there's some realities there. You, Scott, you mentioned it. There isn't a lot of room for three receiver sets. And if you end up drafting a guy or if you like one of these guys that might make the roster as a special teamer, like it, maybe they really like Kaderil Hodge getting a shot there. I don't know. And, and he's probably a guy who can make it as a gunner and, and also play wide receiver. There's just a lot of roster construction issues there. Uh, and, and right now, yeah, we're still kind of wait and see mode with Richard Higgins. Okay, Texter Tuesday, I want to tell you real quick about how you can get involved with our Football Insider. Uh, it's our texting service. Me, Scott, Mary Kay, Ellis Williams, we uh, text every day. So, like, just for example, today off Andrew Barry, Mary Kay had a text about what he had to say. I offered some sort of instant analysis as soon as our call with him uh, was over. We do breaking news. We do that instant analysis. It gives us a chance to really interact with you as well in, in a way that we can't on social media. We can respond directly to you, uh, and, and it goes straight to your phone. Nobody else sees it. it. It's not something that's just out there in the Twitterverse, you, and, and you can interact directly with us. And, of course, it's the only way to get your questions featured on our podcast, whether it's Text or Tuesday or some other thing that we do. And we also did this cool draft show uh, last week where it was just open to texters, and we sent the link out via text to a Zoom call. And we did about, I mean, longer than an hour and a half. We put the podcast up and it was about an hour and 45 minutes long. So uh, it, it was a lot of fun to do that. And those are the sorts of opportunities that you have with Football Insider. It's $3.99 a month, but it comes with a free trial, a 14-day free trial. And now's the time to get in because we got the draft coming this week. So you can get in and really see if this is something you like. And then you can cancel any time. It only takes that one text. And then after that, it's $3.99 a month. Less than 14 cents a day. So go to cleveland.com slash browns. Down the right side of the page, you'll see a box that links to where you can sign up for Football Insider. Or easier yet, shoot me a text, 216-208-3965. Again, that's 216-208-3965 to sign up for Football Insider. Oh, and by the way, you get an exclusive newsletter 
texted to you every single day uh, with something exclusive that you do not see anywhere else on cleveland.com. You, you can't see it on a Browns page. You don't see it on Twitter. It only goes out to our tech subscribers. That comes every single day of the week. All right, let's get back to some of these questions that we had. And, and let's do this one. Um, we know the draft is going to be different for the Browns and for other NFL personnel. We're going to pull the curtain back just a little bit here. Someone is asking, how is the draft going to be different for us covering it? And I, I guess this is sort of one of those situations where I don't know if people really know what it's like for us on draft day. But the reality is, even in a normal year, we're kind of just sitting watching the draft like everybody else, Mary Kay. Yeah, a lot of people think that we go to where the, wherever the draft is. You know, if it's in New York, people think that we're going to New York, Vegas, wherever. Um, but for the most part, it doesn't really go like that. We're usually in Berea at team headquarters, you know, kind of sitting in our seats. And why do we do it that way? Because after Andrew Berry makes the pick, a little while later, he comes down, he talks to us, we conduct a press conference, then they get the player on a conference call. Uh, so, you know, we're there for that. And there's not any real great reason, most of the time, now I have gone to the draft before, but there's not any real great reason to be in the actual city of the draft, uh, because you can get right, what you need right in Bria. So again, uh, this time we'll be at home. And I think that uh, we did a little Zoom call with Andrew Berry today, uh, it was uh, in part to sort of be able to, you know, just kind of run through it and have it be a mock uh, interview for what will happen on Thursday night. So they'll provide him via Zoom Thursday night and um, maybe even the player, maybe even their number 10 overall pick will be a Zoom call. And uh, but for the most part, we will all be in our own homes covering it, you know, just the way that that we're going to have to do it this year. It makes you wonder if they're ever going to have us in Berea for a draft again what's I mean you know we can do this over zoom we we have conference calls with the players you know the first round pick usually the day next day or at least by Saturday I think is in Berea at some point and they hold up the, the you know they hold up their jersey and they get the photos and we talk to them and stuff but but yeah I mean as far as uh getting the job done it's not really going to be that much different for us yeah, I, th I think the only thing we're really going to miss is uh, every now and again, uh, and, and this was really kind of a John Dorsey thing, but we see more and more teams do this. We'll send some scouts down uh, to do some press conferences, which certainly for them is great because, you know, these, especially if they have aspirations to kind of keep moving up the ladder to, to get a little media time is great for them. So uh, we, we might miss out on some of that. Scott, you mentioned it. We'll, we'll miss out on the actual press conference, which, you know, is usually family in town and, uh, there's some opportunities there, but really it is just us all sitting in the media room and they've got the two TV, two big TVs up and we all just kind of sit there and watch and, and comment. So I guess I'll just be sitting in my basement commenting to my dog <laughs> about the, the latest pick. So not a lot changes for us. Well, now when, when I think about it though, next year, of course, will be vastly <laughs> different for all of us. Yes. Fans, everyone, because the draft, of course, will be in Cleveland. So uh, it won't be long now. That's going to be a great, exciting event for the city of Cleveland. I hope against hope that they can have all the fans there and that it is the big extravaganza that we expect it to be. It's going to be great. Yeah, but we're uh, still going to be sitting in Berea. <laughs> 
Well, we might make here. our way downtown for a little bit of it, though. It, it depends on the weather. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stephen Suffield uh, brought this up. Where are the Browns' top decision makers going to be on draft day? And the answer is, just like the rest of the NFL, they're going to be all over the place. Kevin Stefanski is in Minnesota. Uh, Andrew Barry hasn't told us exactly where he is uh, yet. I, Paul D. Podesta, probably out in California. I mean, they're, they're going to be all over the place, um, kind of dealing with this the same way that we are. Yeah, um, Paul uh, mentioned that he has enhanced his home office, which we know is in San Diego. I think Andrew said he was, I thought he said he was going to be in Cleveland, I think. I think, I think you're right, now that you say that. Uh, they, they delayed their move to Cleveland. Yeah. But I think he's going to be in Cleveland for the draft. Yeah, I think he'll be here. And then, uh, yeah, so they'll be all over the place. But they, the NFL ran through a mock draft today. There were apparently a few glitches. Uh, but that's good. That's why you do it. We had a couple of glitches on our uh, on our media call with with Andrew Barry this morning. You work through them, and and then the second time you go through it, you you get it all worked out. Uh, a couple more things here. This is more comment. I'll I'll just throw this out there to go with our wide receiver discussion. Another name to keep in mind uh, from the 907 area code. I think Chase Claypool is going to be a difference maker who would be great in Stefanski's offense. And I looked up Mel Kuyper's uh, mock draft, and he's got him going, I believe, in the 40s, uh, late 40s. So he's a guy that maybe could be there for the Browns if they wanted to go receiver uh, at number 41. But to get him, it seems like maybe they would have to take him. Uh, Gary in Arizona has a non-football question, and it's one that I don't know if we can answer because he asks, what's your favorite First Energy Stadium food? And unfortunately, even though we're at First Energy Stadium <laughs> 10 times a year at least, we never really get to eat the stadium food there. Do they have Michael Simon? Do they have like a, a Michael Simon? I think there is a B spot. If there's yeah, a there, B there, spot. There used to be at least. That would probably be pretty high on my list, a B spot burger, if you can get one. Yeah, we, we can speak to the media room uh, <laughs> dining, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, well, it depends on what the event is. We've been there when they've had breakfast and then, and then a lunch, um, you know, but yeah, you're, we're, we're basically looking at the same thing. Uh, it's kind of a buffet thing and we got hot dogs. We got too many cookies to, to speak of, <laughs> you know, you, you got your salad. So it, it's kind of a rotation of the same thing. There's not a ton of uh, a variety when it comes to what we're eating. The thing we've gotten really good at, though, is uh, maybe I shouldn't even say this out loud because I don't want it to get taken <laughs> away from us. But the thing we've gotten really good at is we're usually there, you know, pretty late. And they feed us right after the game, right after we get up mm -hmm. from the locker room. But then we're there for a long time after. So we've gotten really good at kind of scrounging through radio booths and the national TV <laughs> booth and, and getting all the leftovers there. So, listen, if you're a stadium worker and you're listening to us, don't take that stuff away. We, we need it. Um, and we're just talking about little bags of chips. We're not. Oh doing yeah, no. <laughs> we're not taking like Jim Nance's leftover steak. No, no. Um, I will say this: Listen, as sports writers, we love to talk about free food and complain about free food. But um, Cincinnati has a great press spread. I, mm -hmm. I can speak to that. Tampa Bay has a carving station. I wish they were an AFC North team. But oh yeah, they aren't. It's amazing. Uh, anyway. That's our, that's our food answer. Let me see if we get anything else here that, uh, that we want to get to. That one question about the top decision makers was from Hayden, who I believe was in our uh, draft show as well. There's a question here about another receiver. Uh, this is Ed from Cleveland, Ohio. He wants to know if the Browns would have any interest in signing a guy like Ted Ginn. And 
Uh, I'll say this. I think they've sort of filled that need. They went out and they got a guy in JoJo Natson who can return kicks, offers them speed at receiver. I, I think outside, honestly, outside of doing something with Rashard Higgins or drafting, I think this team is relatively set at, at wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, you, you never really know. I mean, I don't yeah. see them signing Ted Ginn. I mean, they've had so many opportunities over the years to do that. And he would have loved to come back here and play for the Browns. Uh, but it, it almost seems like that ship has sailed, as, as you had mentioned there. I still do think, though, uh, that they will that they will draft a receiver somewhere. I don't know. Third, fourth, fifth round. I, I think we will see another one. Yeah, I think I wrote about that for the Insider at uh, our newsletter at some point. Uh, some of the free agent wide receivers who are still out there. And I put Ginn's name on there as a guy who maybe you get him to come back and finish out his career in Cleveland. I don't know if Natson had been uh, signed by then or not, but, you know, Ginn hasn't really been a, a returner, a full-time returner in a few years. If you get him to do that, well, then that kind of made sense. You know, you get an older guy in the locker room, you get somebody, you know, a third guy, third receiver who, as we've said, isn't going to play a ton anyways. Um, and if you could, you know, get the return game out of that person as well, then, then you got something there. But, but I would be surprised at this point. Okay, well, that will do it for our Texture Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast as we are uh, starting to run out of time here on our, uh, on our Zoom call. So that'll do it for our Texture Tuesday edition. I tried to get to as many as we could. I think I got to most of them. I apologize if I didn't get to your question, but please, uh, next Tuesday, make sure you uh, throw that out there. We're going to have a whole, new, uh, a whole new slew of topics to talk about because there will be actual players attached to all these draft picks now when, when we do this Texture Tuesday again uh, next week. But just as always, we're going to have a weekday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast every single day this week. So we're going to have all kinds of draft coverage leading up, draft recaps after. So make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, review, leave us nice, leave us the five stars and tell us why. We like to read those things. It makes us feel good. Uh, so for Scott and Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening.